Well, gang, it is great to be together, whether you're here on the south side or there on the north side of the street. If you're a visitor guest, my name is Tom, and of course to the CA family, great to be together. From Alice and I, we just wish you and yours a great and happy Thanksgiving this week. May it be a time of great joy for you. The renowned theologian Winnie the Pooh once observed and said this. He said, speaking of his friend Piglet, said, Piglet noticed... That even though he had a very small heart, it could hold a rather large amount of gratitude. Even though he had a very small heart, it could hold a rather large amount of gratitude. God created your heart to hold a rather large amount of gratitude. And not only hold a rather large amount of gratitude, but then express that gratitude throughout your life as well. What I've discovered in my life is that I can have a rather passive attitude when it comes to gratitude. I can think that gratitude either comes towards me via my circumstances or departs from me via my circumstances, but as if I have no role to play in the gratitude that I experience. But here's the reality of life, and I think we all know this, that life in any season that we're in is full of both death and life, evil and good, hardship and victory. All of those polar opposites are almost always with us in every single moment of life. The amount of gratitude you experience and express will depend on where you look in life. It's a bit like the difference between a vulture and a hummingbird. The vulture starts out the day looking for death and sure enough, it will find death. The hummingbird starts out the same day looking for the sweet nectar of life and sure enough, it will find it. Even in our brightest hour, there is something that we can find to complain about, but also in our darkest seasons, there is something good that we can see. Today, you will find what you are looking for, no matter what you are looking for. God created our heart to be filled with a rather large amount of gratitude. But how exactly does that happen? We're going to consider that, but before we do, let's pray. God, I thank you that you have created our hearts to be filled with gratitude. And so now I ask that you would help us to grow in gratitude. And for the gratitude we already sense and feel, that you would help us to not just think it, but to express it. In our words, our actions, our songs, our praise to one another and to you. God, as we come to your word now, would you speak to us? We're so grateful that you're a God who loves us, desires for us to know you, and be able to communicate with you. Thank you for your word. Speak now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hopefully on your way in, you got a bulletin. If you did, you can flip it open to this little center section. You'll see the scriptures that are there. There's some space there as well for you to take notes along the way together. Well, God has given us the ability to cultivate and grow in gratitude no matter the season of the life that we might find ourselves in. If you decide that you are looking for something to complain about, I guarantee that you'll be able to find it. In fact, I came across this quote uh, this week as I was doing some research. It's an observation about our country. Here's what the author said. They said this, If its individual citizens are to be believed, America is always depressed always stagnated, and always at an alarming crisis, and never was otherwise. 
It sounds like that was just written in 2017. That was actually written by Charles Dickens in the mid-1800s, observing our country. Part of the problem is that the news headlines can take any topic and spin it negatively as clickbait because fear and bad news always sells more than good news. Here are some quick examples of what this might look like. Life expectancy. Life expectancy, if it decreases, we say people are dying younger, which of course is bad. But if life expectancy increases, then we're told that it's straining the social security system, which is also bad. So whether it's rising or falling, we say it's bad. Or consider disease. An unpreventable disease harms people, which of course would be bad, but a preventable disease means that there's disparities in medical treatment, which is of course bad. Or consider oil prices. We're told that when high oil prices uh, happen, that increase the cost of living. And of course, that's bad. We don't want the cost of living to go up. But lower prices result in bankruptcies and unemployment amongst the oil companies, which, of course, that's bad. So whether oil prices are rising or falling, you can spin it as bad news. You will find what you are looking for. Psychologists call this a search bias, that you will see what you search for. Let me do a little thought experiment with you. I think this has happened to all of us. We'll see if this happened to you. Let's say you decide you need to buy a car and you decide that a Honda Accord is the one that best suits your needs in your budget. That's what I decided last time that I bought a car. But then I noticed something. Everywhere I went in LA, I noticed that there were Honda Accords on the road. You ever notice that? Think about the car you were researching, considering, should I buy that one? Should I not? And all of a sudden, whatever car you're looking for pops up on the freeways everywhere you go. Now, why is that? Were they not there before? Was it just that everybody at the same time decided to buy the exact same car that you were thinking about buying? No, they were there all along. I just wasn't looking for them. I wasn't attuned for them. My eyes weren't focused on them. But once I decided what I was looking for, suddenly I could see them everywhere on the road, but they were there all along. I just didn't experience and see them. Sometimes people will say this phrase that seeing is believing, but when it comes to gratitude, it's actually that believing is seeing. What is the search bias in your heart? Where have you set the knob of your heart of what you are looking for? If you want to fill your heart with a rather large amount of gratitude, you're going to have to set the search bias knob on your heart towards looking for what is good in life. And that's exactly what God's Word tells us. In fact, we pick this up in Philippians chapter 4, and this is what God tells us. Fix your thoughts on whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worth of praise. Fix your thoughts. The Greek word there that's translated fix, it literally means to take an inventory, to count, to give careful, considered, and focused thought. So it's not just a kind of passing uh, fancy, it's not just a passing glance, but it's a laser-like fixed focus where you're literally enumerating and counting taking inventory of what is true and right and honorable and good and pure and lovely and admirable. admirable. Decide in advance what you are looking for. 
When you wake up in the morning, decide, what will I count this day? What will I take inventory of? What will I give careful, considered, and focused thought towards? See, if you fix your search bias of your heart and your mind towards what is true and honorable, right and lovely and admirable, you will see things differently. You will see things differently because now you can see what you didn't see before because you've decided what you didn't decide before. Just like whenever I was deciding to buy that Honda Accord, all of a sudden I could see things that I couldn't see before that were all around me the whole time. Once you decide to fix your thought, to take an inventory in your life of what is right, good, true, honorable, and praiseworthy, you'll see those all around you. Now, if you're like me, you're probably wondering, well, okay, but... When you start out and you go through your day, certainly sometimes there's bad things and bad news that comes your way. What do we do with them? What do we do with the things that come our way that we didn't set out looking for them, but they do come to us from time to time? And what do we do with that? Well, thankfully, Scripture addresses that. Same passage, same chapter, a few verses before. In uh, chapter 4, verse 6 of Philippians, it says this, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What this passage is saying is, don't spend a lot of time praying for peace, but when you want peace to come, you thank God for all that He has already done, and you also tell Him what you need. I love the fact that Scripture is based in reality. Yeah, there's going to be times whenever bad things come your way, but what do you do? Don't be anxious. Thank God for all that He has already done. And then you lay your needs. You tell Him your needs. In other words, you pray about your concerns, but you don't fixate on your concerns. Even when we tell God what we need, we do that in the context of thanking Him for all that He has already done. If you want gratitude to rise in your life, if you want to cultivate gratitude in your life, fix your thoughts. Count, take an inventory, give careful, considered, focused thought to what is true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable in your life. Because today, you and I, we will find what we are looking for. If you're looking for something to celebrate, something to be grateful for, something to thank God for, you will find it. In fact, there's actually a lot of good news about the state of our world right now, but you might not know it because it doesn't sell as well as fearful bad news. One of my favorite sociologists is a guy named Bradley Wright. He's a, a sociologist at the University of Connecticut. He's one of my favorites because he's a razor-sharp academic and he uses the best sociological data available. And recently I was reading from his book entitled Upside. In fact, I made it required reading for all of our leadership staff at the church. And this is what he says, one of his quotes. He says this, Americans are much healthier now than in previous generations. We live longer, we have fewer diseases, fewer accidents, and fewer children die. We are better educated, more literate, and have less crime compared to the 1980s. Air quality and water quality is better in both areas since the 1980s. Globally, people are living longer, healthier lives. Also, fewer people are dying from war than a generation ago. There's less hunger in the world right now than in the 1980s. Extreme poverty has been cut in half 
Since 1980, in the developing countries of the world, life expectancy has doubled around the world over the past 100 years. Literacy rates have soared from 25% to over 80% of the globe being literate today during that same period. Fix your thoughts on whatever is right and true, honorable, good, and lovely. It doesn't have to be big things. It doesn't have to be big headline news type of stuff. It can be everyday ordinary things. I'm grateful for the color green. Green is my favorite color. What's your favorite color? Are you grateful for it? I'm grateful for mountains. I'm grateful for fa. I'm grateful for good coffee. Good being the important word there. Good coffee. I'm grateful for stars, and I'm not talking about the ones they put on sidewalks. I'm talking about the ones that God breathed out through the power of His Word. I'm grateful for the spin of the earth, the exact amount of oxygen that's in the air, because if it deviated even slightly higher or slightly lower, you and I wouldn't be able to breathe right now. I'm grateful for the millions of other details that God perfectly balances to let me have another day. I am grateful for too many people to list right now. I'm grateful for good music, and I'm grateful for days in Los Angeles below 80 degrees, right? As Winnie the Pooh observed about Piglet, your heart is designed to hold a rather large amount of gratitude. Fill your heart with gratitude and let it overflow, let it overflow from your lips in praise. You have to determine your search bias and fix your thoughts on what is good and right and true and lovely and admirable. Now, this command to fix our thoughts, if you would look throughout Scripture, what you would discover is it's often connected to the command to remember. To fix your thoughts includes the command to remember. So in Deuteronomy 4, it says, so remember this and keep it firmly in mind. That's another way of saying fix your thoughts. So remember and fix your thoughts. The Lord is God, both in heaven and on earth. There is no other. Remember and fix your thoughts. We pick it up again in Psalm 143, verse 5. It says, I remember the day of old and I fix my thoughts on all of your great works and I think about what you have done. Remember and fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts and remember. We always want to learn something new, but sometimes the way forward in gratitude is to remember. To fix your thoughts and remember. Sometimes we can lose the wonder of what God has done. Do you remember something God did for you that now is just part of your story and you're just used to it and you just take it for granted and you just breeze right over it? Listen, in life you can either take things for granted or you can have your heart filled with gratitude, but you can't do both. Because everything that you take for granted, you scratch off of your gratitude list. And everything that you say, I'm grateful for that, is something that you're saying, I don't want to take that for granted. Fix your thoughts on it. What is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable thing has the Lord done for you? Some of you, God has delivered you from addiction. He didn't have to. He didn't have to set you free, but he did. Fix your thought on that, and a rather large amount of gratitude will begin to rise in your heart. Some of you, God answered a prayer for a job. You prayed for a job, and he gave you a job. Fix your thought on that, and it'll fill your heart with a rather large amount of gratitude. Some of you, God healed you. Like my friend, Eriberto, who's part of Christian Assembly, in a coma from a car crash, He's over in Glendale Adventist. This is a couple years ago. And he's uh, there 
no signs of life. They have him on the respirator. They're waiting for his family to fly in from around the country so that they can say their goodbyes before they pull their plug. Two of our prayer team members, Antonio and Teresa, go over there and they say to the nurses stations, is there anybody we could pray for that people aren't visiting? And they say, well, you could go pray for that guy. And they go every day and they pray for that guy. And then he eventually wakes up. And when he wakes up, this is what he said. He said, right before I woke up, I had this vision of a being bright shining as the sun. And this is what he said to me. I've sent two of my followers to pray for you. I'm going to wake you up now. And when I wake you up, they're going to tell you how to know me. And then what he said to these two strangers that he's never met before is, who are you and who do you follow? And how can I know this being? And they shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's how Eriberto became a follower of Jesus. Some of you, some of you, you can applaud that. Yeah. Fix your thoughts on that and a rather large amount of gratitude will fill your heart. Some of you have told me about car accidents that you've been in and you should be dead, but you're not. God has given you another day, another year to share his good news. Fix your thought on that and a rather large amount of gratitude will begin to fill your heart. Some of you told me that your marriage should have died by now, but it didn't. God redeemed it, restored it, and renewed it. And it's not just surviving, but now it's thriving. And you can't even believe that it has happened. Fix your thought on that and allow God to fill your heart with a rather large amount of gratitude. Some of you were buried so deep into the occult that you were demonically oppressed and God has set you free. And I know that because I and some other pastors were with you when that happened. And you need to fix your thought on that and allow God who has set you free to be uh, magnified and glorified in your life, that, that a rather large amount of gratitude would fill your life. When you consider the fact that you were desperately oppressed, but greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And whenever the battle went down, Christ stood and took you back from the enemy and from the oppression that you were experiencing. Let a rather large amount of gratitude experience and fill up your heart and life. Some of you prayed for a child and now you have one and all you do is complain about them. <laughs> but remember whenever you're like, Lord, I, Lord, I wish I want. Would you please, Lord, would you give us a child? And he has and fix your thought upon that and let a rather large amount of gratitude fill your life. What sins has God forgiven you of? Fix your thought on the grace of God in your life. Maybe you did the thing that you not thought you would never ever do, or maybe you thought you would do it but didn't really care. But then when you realize the amount of evil that you unleashed in your life and the life of others, you realize that you were desperate for forgiveness, but you didn't know where to get it, and God's grace showed up because of Jesus Christ dying and on the cross. Fix your thought on the drops of blood that are under the cross. Because when those drops hit the ground, God's mercy hit your life. Fix your thought on that. And what you'll discover is a rather large amount of gratitude will fill your heart. Some of you have been praying for your prodigal sons and daughters and they've come back. Fix your thought on that. And a rather large amount of gratitude will fill your heart. Some of you are thinking, well, yeah, as I remember all that God has done back then, 
I'm filled with gratitude, but as I turn and face towards the future, I, I begin to become afraid. Then fix your thought on the reality that Scripture tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't bring you this far to abandon you. Fix your thought upon the fact that He is the same. God is not less today than He was yesterday, and He won't be less tomorrow than He is today. Remember not only what God has done for you in your individual life, but also remember what God is doing and has done in our life together as a church community. I remember when we didn't have very many life groups. I remember when people would come and they would say, well, I love being here all together, but it sure is hard to find belonging in this church. And now God has been breathing on the life of this church over the last several years. We're now at last count. We have over 200 different life groups, Bible study tables, recovery options, and the list go on where people are finding smaller sets of community where they can do the Christ-centered life together and they can become disciples on mission together. Fix your thought on that and let gratitude arise. We are coming through a year right now this year where we've seen more lives built up in Christ than any other year in the 110 year history of this church. Fix your thought on that and let Christ arise in gratitude in your heart. We had more people get baptized this year than any other year I've ever known at Christian Assembly and I've been here 15 years. We had more adults make commitment to Christ. In fact, two and a half times the adults made commitments to Christ for the first time this Easter than any other 15-year run that we've had at Christian Assembly. Fix your thought on that. That is a good thing. More students are involved in student ministries than ever before. More men came on the men's retreat than ever before. More women went on the women's retreat than ever before. This year, we have been more generous in our giving back to our gracious and generous God than at any other time in the history of our church. That is a good and right and true and admirable thing that God is doing among us as He provokes us to His generosity. I remember when Julie McGowan Boyd was part of the church before she was sent out to go to Africa. Fix your thoughts on what God is doing through that partnership. She's going to be here December 9th and 10th to give us a little bit of an update in the Simply Christmas series. Fix your thought on what God is doing among us. And you'll find gratitude beginning to fill your heart. I remember when we prayed, God, would you give us some partners with a persecuted church? Whenever our Vietnam project was just a dream and we were hoping maybe we could impact 5,000 people. And now at last report, we have over 500,000 people in Vietnam that are listening to the messages that are shared this from our weekend. I remember whenever we had no church plants in L.A. and now we have four and one of them's running 400 North Hollywood and another one in Studio City. We haven't even told you about this one yet is running 270. And they're sending stories. Let me tell you the story of the entertainment executive that just came to Christ that we just baptized. And you'll get to hear some of those stories. I remember when we didn't have a kid soap, but now we do. I remember when Al and Stacy were here and they were not in Eastern Europe. I remember when they went and it was hard and they were like, should we give up? But they stuck it out. And now they don't just have one or two students, but they have hundreds of students, not just in one country, but in five Eastern European countries. And now they have the assignment to grow it to 12 Eastern European countries. Fix your thought on what God is doing. Yeah, you can applaud that. We like to clap. That's a good thing. 
Consider all that is right and true and lovely and pure and admirable things that God is doing among us and let us fill our hearts with a rather large amount of gratitude. So fix our thoughts, God. Help us to fix our thoughts. And as our hearts begin to swell with a rather large amount of gratitude, let us not hold that in, but instead let us speak it to each other. Let us say it to each other. Let us say it back to you and sing it back to you and pray it back to you. Why? Because once we do, we will see that we have innumerable reasons to thank God now. But it's not just that. For those who are in Christ, the troubles we face now will soon be gone. But whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, those things will last. And we will see that we have innumerable reasons to thank God not only now, but also forever. So be it because of what Jesus Christ has done. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you stand as we sing?